Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another episode of Sons of Pitches, episode five. As you can hear, I'm joined by the two boys as normal, Charlie Fowley and Matt Bartley. How are we doing, lads? Yeah, fucking great, mate. How are you? Yes, lads. So as you already know, as we've been doing this for over a month now, you know the score, you know the structure. We're obviously kicking it off with the tweet of the week. Then we are going into this week's main section, which is the top three best games we've watched live, like it was in the segment a couple of weeks ago where we were talking about the best games we've ever watched. We all say our two honourable mentions, leading it up to putting our best game that we've seen live forward into a debate where we will decide what the best game. However, there is a twist. Since it will not be three of us this week, we do have a special guest coming to join us to give his input. So make sure you're listening to the main section to see who that special guest is. And then, of course, to end off the show, we do have our scenarios. And this week's scenarios, we delve into the world of Hollywood where we discuss different categories that the winning team of the best live game that we've watched goes into. So without any further ado, we'll get into this week's Tweet of the Week. So for this week's Tweet of the Week, Michael Owen, some know him as a great footballer, some know him as the wonder kid who played for Liverpool. Some also know him as being one of the best commentators to ever grace our screens. However, on this week, he decided to perform the role as a Twitter wind-up. He put out a tweet which caused much controversy. People are generally giving as much credit to a player's number of assists as they do to number of goals nowadays. Literally one in ten goals are genuine assists. Yet someone who plays a five-yard ball to his mate, who screams one in the top corner from 30 yards, gets as much credit. Boys, what are we saying to that controversial tweet? It's such a goal-scorer's tweet, isn't it? You can tell he played up front his whole life. And to be honest, I do think he's chatting a lot of rubbish there. Like, number one, I don't think assists are put on the same um, like playing field as goals. And I feel like they should, to be fair. And it also depends on the type of player. Like, obviously, Kevin De Bruyne won't be a top goal scorer in the league because that's just not where he plays. Like, he is the playmaker. He pulls the strings. But, yeah, he, he makes a lot of assists and people should be applauded for, like, doing well at their job. A lot of the time, the assists... Well, not a lot of the time. I'd say about 30% of the time, the assist is as good or, if not better, than the goal itself. So I think, yeah, people should be applauded for their assists. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. You can, there, there is an argument to be had for both sides of the coin. If you get what, uh, for example, you've got, you know, there's the, the famous Messi goal against Real Madrid where there's the famous Busquets assist where he like nudges it like a yard and then Messi takes the ball, dribbles past like six players and scores an absolute wonder goal. Something like that would back Michael Owen's point there. But then you've got like, there's the Fabregas assist for Chelsea. Um, I can't, I think it was, I can't remember who it was against, but Schürrle scores and it's like he, he hits it on the volley and like cushions it and it's like one of the best passes I've ever seen. So like there is an argument to be had for both because you do get tap-ins where ball is put on an absolute plate by a midfielder like you were saying, Bartley, like someone like the Borina who can like play that eye of a needle pass 50 yards and play someone clean for on goal. But then you do get 
the odd assist where it's like laid off and then someone hits it from 30, 45 yards and it, it goes in. So I think there is an argument to be had for both, to be fair. Yeah, I think I agree. I think there's definitely two sides of the argument here. But I feel like in a lot of assists, just like the goal scorer has to make the run, he has to be there, he has to make the space for himself. In itself, assisting someone is an art as well. So they need to make sure that their weight of the pass, their weight of the ball, even if it is just like literally laying it off to them, they need to make sure that that's got enough weight and enough pace on it in certain circumstances for the striker or whoever's scoring the goal to be able to get the power they need or get the accuracy they need. And so I think just saying that someone laying it off and getting the assist while the striker has arguably done more of the work, I think that's a bit of a weak argument as well. And I wouldn't say that one in 10 is a genuine assist. If you're passing it and playing someone in, then that's an assist. And I feel like in recent years, assists have become a lot more important in the game because the game's become more statistical now. A lot more people are looking at stats, therefore not just looking at the amount of goals scored, they're now looking at the amount of assists that a certain player is making and a certain player can live off the amount of assists they get. And when it's questioned about how they don't score, what they fall back on is their assists, which I don't think was the case maybe five, ten years ago. Yeah, I agree yeah. with that. It's like he's saying applauding assists and goals are like mutually exclusive. We might as well be saying, yeah, why have people like applauded for uh, keeping lots of clean sheets? They don't score goals. It, it's, it just drives me as such a goal scorer's tweet. And yeah, that that is definitely what it is. You can tell he's a man that like you know spent his whole career just absolute gunman scoring as many goals as he could he wasn't like if he's on a hat trick there's no way he's squaring it to his strike partner is he he's taking the shot but I mean again that's like what you would expect from a good striker good strikers are greedy they're hungry for goals they think yeah. goals are the most important part of the game I mean I can see where he's coming from but yeah the, the one in 10 comment is is ridiculous I can't lie because yeah, most okay. of the time it is the way football is now it's such a high paced game especially with players in big teams like a De Bruyne like that what they do do it's like what Fabregas said in his reply about the time and space like what they can do in the box surrounded by like six people slipping it through to someone for them to score a tap in is like it, it is an art itself and it, it can't be overlooked it is an incredible part of football and it, it's great to watch like how many players have you got that have been considered world class and are like world famous players just from living off off of assists like Ozil at Real Madrid yeah. and he, he's, his whole career like he's not a goal scorer Ozil but he's one of the best playmakers in world football or he was one of the best playmakers in world football um, he could literally thread the eye of a needle uh, some of the goals that Arsenal have scored with like passing and it, it, some of the assists that he's got are like that they are incredible to watch um, I'm, I'm kind of on the fence I, I kind of agree I can see where he's coming from but yeah I think, if anything, it's just shown, I think in recent times with showing how big assists have become and being held up on the same level as the actual goal scored, I think the fact that Man City have won the Premier League title without a recognised goal scorer, a recognised striker, I think is Gundogan still the main, the top goal scorer, a midfielder for that team. And you look at the way that they play as well. They're a very kind of like pass and move, pass and give and they don't have a designated goal scorer, which has let them down in some parts of the season, but majority not. The fact that they're able to make that space for other players and they're playing so fluidly um, that anyone can get the goal proves 
that assists should be held up on the same level because what I think Michael Owen is saying is that the, it's taking the credit away from the goal scorers because a lot of the time he's saying that they do all the hard work when it shows by not having a designated goal scorer, other players have to work twice as hard. And sometimes it just made it's look made to look effortless. Do you see do you see where I'm going with this? Like what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. Mm. I feel like Man City, the situation at Man City is quite a unique one because the players that they have are just so good that like they can get by without a striker. Like the an example is um when Bamyang had malaria and, and uh, Lacazette got injured and Arsenal mm-hmm. were playing Pepe through the middle, like they looked like they were they could play three hours, four hours of football and they weren't going to score. Like they yeah. didn't have the cutting edge. Um, so I think it is a unique situation at City just because the talent that they've got in that squad is just different gravy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, nah, I, I, but yeah, that is what Michael Owen's saying. He, he, it is, he is getting towards the fact of he feels like goal scorer, the credit is being taken away a bit from goal scorers. But I, I don't agree with that. I think, you know, if it's a good goal, then people are still going to get credit. Like the Tielemans yeah. goal, um, at Wembley last week, what an absolute scream it up yeah. was. Um, and like, yeah, like goals like that are still going to get credit. Yeah, exactly. Is he? No one's talking. I don't even know who assisted it to him. Like, yeah. I, I don't know if yeah, his argument is. Yeah, I don't know if his before. argument is that they're put, they're getting the statistics put on their stats and it's making them look better, even if they have yeah. played one ball but again you have to be there you have to be spotting yeah. that ball you have to play playing like the ball, whether it's two yards or 25 yeah. yards that yeah that's the other thing like okay you can say that oh yeah he passed it five yards and then he hit a 30 yard screamer but what about when a player runs length for the pitch yeah. gets one on with the keeper squares it and then a striker taps it in that's still going down and as I'll a say, goal to be fair i'll say that's more common like tappings are a lot yeah. more common than that is five definitely yard, more like, common. Like, a 30-yard like, screamer isn't it we had the debate the other day after the Suchek episode last week. Kian, you popped up in our group chat the other day when he scored the goal, but his goal was a tapping at the back post. It wasn't like he scored yeah. a thirty-yard screamer. Yeah, I mean, and I think there's, got, there's yeah. a talent. There's a talent to tapping, but there's also a talent to the person who's playing the ball. If someone plays an amazing pass and they score a tapping, then you remember the amazing pass, don't you? Yeah. And at the end yeah. of the day, the people who are going down as like great assisters, like say Kevin De Bruyne. Trent Alexander-Arnold, um, Bruno Fernandes, um, like they're they're top of like they're top of the assisting charts for a reason. It's not like they're laying five-yard balls off all the time. They're like yeah. putting great balls in. They're yeah. great passes of the ball. They're not just they're not there off by luck. Yeah, hundred percent. So, in order to come to a conclusion of what we're saying, Michael Owen does have a valid point, and there are two sides to the story. But at the end of the day. Um, he's being very naive in what he's saying and there yeah. is an art to assisting. Yeah. I think naive is is the perfect word there um, because he has got, like, you can see the point he's trying to make, but I feel like just because of, like, him being a striker, he's, like, massively gone overboard yeah. with the point, but, like, yeah. you can see what he's trying to say. Yeah, yeah the way he goes about stating the point is a bit over-exaggerated, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I feel... You can see he does have a point there, but the way he's gone about it is just yeah. slight. It's borderline ridiculous. 
So I think we all do agree there for this week's tweet of the week. So at the end of the day, again, there's not too much controversy, but obviously let us know and have your say on what you think the tweet of the week is and what your verdict is on the Sons of Pitches 66 Instagram page. Make sure you're getting on there. The posts are ticking up, the activity on there is picking up. And so you really can't miss it. So yeah, once again, make sure you're going and checking that Instagram page. Anyway, lads, let's go on to the main section of the show. So, welcome to the main section of the episode. And as I promised you, we do have a very special guest. Some know him as the non-league Glenn Belorg, the founding member of the Hayes Lane Fanatics. We do, of course, have our man, Brandon, co-host of the Division B podcast. Brandon, how are you doing, son? I'm good, thank you, Kian. That was that was very kind. Uh, I'm I'm not the <laughs> unfortunately not the non-league. Guillaume Balagay and I was yeah I was he's not being modest. Know, he's being modest he's being modest stop it you <laughs> no I'm happy to, to be here we're looking at his screen now and we can see a framed Bromley shirt behind him he's, a big panel of the badge he's Bromley through and through Bromley I mean yeah I mean absolutely loves it you're, you're, you're being too kind to me uh but I'll take it. I'll happily take it I'll happily take it no problem right. <laughs> so so obviously for all our viewers in the US, which I'm assuming we have many, um, they may not know about Bromley Town Football Club. So, Brandon, do you want to just give us a quick rundown of yeah, how the so, boys are doing this um, season? Yeah, so we're doing all right this season. We're eighth in the league, one point off playoffs, because seventh is actually playoffs in the National League, which is stupid. It's like it's like wild cards and things like that. Um, but yeah, we're only one point off playoffs, two games to go. So there are big aspirations for the club. We just got a new yeah. manager. 11 games, only one loss. It's uh, the only way way is up. You what, you what, Matt? Your chances. Uh, no, we'll get him next year, lads. We'll get him next year. (laughs) No, it's because, um, there's about, there's about five clubs within one point, and like one of them's got game in hand, and we play Notts County, who are one of them as well. So, oh, really. Yeah, it's, it's classic Bromley. It's classic Bromley. I can just yeah. see us bottling it as as per. Slowly but surely, they're, they're climbing that league. Like yeah, hundred percent. year, yeah. aren't they? They're doing a lot. Like, they were Conference South a few years ago, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. We've we've yeah. been in there for five years now, so it's time to get out of this one because Sutton are going to go up, which is uh, which is really nasty to see because Sutton. We yeah, do not like imagine Sutton. Bromley in League Two. Not like Sutton. That'd be unreal. Be FIFA. Mate, the FIFA the FIFA sales in Bromley will go like rocket through. <laughs> we'll go through <laughs> the loop. <laughs> with all the people that are listening to this podcast and with fans being back as well, it'll probably add a few tens of thousand fans to the fan base. So, I mean, we need it. Get we back, need back it. Behind the boys, <laughs> won't they? Absolutely. 29th of May, get down to Hayes Lane. Support the boys. You heard it. 29th of May. Make sure you're down so after all that, we need to be getting in to the best games that we have seen live. And seeing as you're the guest, Brandon, why don't you kick it off with two of your honourable mentions? Okay, the best so games you've seen live. Two of them are Bromley games. My main one is is one that people will know, but two of them are Bromley games. Um, the first one was Bromley, well, Leighton Orient versus Bromley in 2017. Oh, yes. um, away, I think Matt, Matt and Charlie. Oh, were, yeah, that's great. Right we were. We, were. Um, we went there. We were only like we were only just like 16 years old, just turned 17, and we tried to go to a pub, which failed. Um, <laughs> the game was immense. It's the first time we went to 
Leighton Orient, who are obviously a massive club back in League Two now. And we ended up winning it as well. Um, yeah, it was good fun. Great fun, wasn't it? Louis Dennis had a storm on that day, didn't he? Yeah, he's yeah. the one who scored. Right yeah. Yeah. Talk us through the game. What happened? I don't particularly remember the game too well, but there was a lot of chanting, a lot of shouting, a lot of winding the other fans up, uh, which you need to have. But it was, it was classic non-league football key, and it was yeah. where, where, where teams, they, they can't really play football. It was the third, I think it was 30th of December, so the pitch is all frozen, all, yeah. all muddy and that. Uh, yeah. It was a nasty game, but we came back away with the three points. And so obviously we have that memorable day in Latin Orient. And so Brandon, what would you say your second best um memory of a match okay the second one was a few months before coronavirus it was a fa cup first round against bristol rovers away oh, uh, yeah. charlie charlie you were there that game oh, we can, uh, what a, what a game like the, what a the, day out again yeah the best thing is the owner gave us like he paid for the coaching that's uh, sorry not the coaching the coaches so we didn't have to pay for anything really went on that four-hour trip uh, in the morning, the evening, but yeah, massive. We we scored in the it must have been like the eighty eighth minute, and then we oh, seen the pitch, and we yeah uh, took 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 them to a replay. Unfortunately, lost that, but we don't talk about that thing. But yeah, it was um like again, same as like Leighton Orient. It was just chanting yeah. all along, losing your voice, and I could actually we could actually drink this time, so we managed to get in the pub, which made it even better. But yeah, it was class. Good fun. They were proper, the proper underdog story that as well. Because Bromley are a yeah. couple, couple of leagues below, or was it yeah, one of the uh, Yeah, Bristol Rovers were like fifth or league sixth one, in League One when we played them. Oh, yeah. uh, match of the day, match of the day, got it on uh, on Twitter. They tweeted us all ramming on the pitch. So yeah, it was good fun, great fun. Actually. It was um, at Bromley. You had ten men at the time as well. One of the players yeah, yeah, made yeah. all the subs, yeah. and uh, yeah. Clifton went off injured. Yeah, he and did. they scored with ten men. Yeah, it was um, class. yeah. What a day out that was. So fun. what would you what would you say is the biggest difference for obviously like me? Pete, I mean I've been down to Bromley a couple of times, but what would you say the main difference in kind of like the fans and the atmosphere is between non-league and Premier League? I think I think it's a lot closer. Like where I stand at Bromley games, we're literally like 10, 10 feet away from the manager. So if yeah. we if he's doing something bad, then we know he hears him. Whereas if you're at like the Emirates or something. There's just noise going on all around. And like the referees, yeah. I bet referees find it harder in the lower leagues than they do the um oh, 100%. leagues. Like, because they can literally hear what yeah. people are saying, whereas it's just a noise. But yeah, it's, yeah. Um, it's a lot different. It's a lot more compact, obviously. Um, and and it shows in the football as well. It's uh, <laughs> obviously not not as good. But you do get the underdog stories, obviously. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's good fun. It's good fun. You've got to feel for the keepers in the non-league as well. I mean, oh. they're, 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 they're standing about five foot in front of you. And when there's only about a thousand people in the stadium and there's no chance going on at the time, they can hear clear as anything. Everything that's getting screamed at them. It is, it's, uh, I mean, it's funny if you're, if it's funny if you're the home fans, but um, I can imagine it's not the best, the best of, uh, the best of days for the keepers. No, it's actually, yeah, there's been, there's been a few times where, keepers have been slated off and then they've gone on one end and they've just like turned around to us to shush us but, um that's the joys the joys of the joys of long yeah. league <laughs> you don't get jordan pickford doing that in the premier league do you you no, just get him and putting him wonder tackles he certainly would do it if he played non-league though he'll be all over he it, definitely <laughs> would he definitely loved to nut a prick anyway matthew bartley what are you saying right my first honorable mention i'm going international boys um, Huge. I'm going Real Madrid versus Granada, which 
which is just a random league game from I think it's about 2016 for like my brother for his 18th birthday. He could go to like any city he wanted and watch a football game, and he chose he chose Real Madrid. And yeah, Real Madrid absolutely spanked them nine one. And it was, was like Ronaldo like, playing at that time. Yeah, no, that was that was like Real Madrid when they were like win the Champions League every year. And because it was just after international break, they played the whole team. Like all the stars were playing, mm-hmm. and they were unbelievable. I never seen like a team play so well in my life. And to be fair, well, Ronaldo ended up scoring five, but. Yeah, he didn't really right. much the game. Like, he didn't leave the full game. He wasn't the start. Stale <laughs> funny observation. Five <laughs> goals in a game, done fuck all. We were yes. talking, we were talking earlier about... to see him carrying like, his form on from last week. <laughs> yeah. He was carried. He was actually carried by the team. The, t- the players that I thought really stuck, stuck out were um, James Rodriguez and Modric. They just ran the show. Everything went through them. And Bale was unreal on the wing as well. He was quality. I was saying earlier about assists and how important they are. Yeah, coming out of that game, Ronaldo might have scored five, but he he wasn't really the one that amazed me. It was, yeah, Hammers, Bale and like Modric. They were just like another level. They had so much time on the ball. They looked like they can do anything they wanted, absolutely pulling the strings. So were you unreal. buzzing when... um? Rodriguez came to Everton because you had seen him. Uh, yeah, I was. I gen- yeah, I, but I think it's a bit of a shame with Rodriguez Evan. I don't. I don't know if his heart's really in it. Yeah, he's a bit older now than he was then. He's had a few injuries in it. Like he's still amazing. He had a still sex change as well. Class. Yeah, maybe possible sex change. That's the way. I never ever helps. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, just going to Burnabout as well. That was just like it was more than yeah. football experience. Yeah. It was insane. And then anyway, Matt, yeah, next on all mention. Yeah, I've gone a little more close to home. Uh, I've gone Sunderland versus Charlton in the League One playoffs a couple of years ago. Oh, huge where, as, game. A, like, as a Charlton fan, yeah, it was a bit, it was a massive game. Like, I hadn't really, I used to have a Charlton season ticket like growing up, and I hadn't really been to, I've been to a couple of away games a few years before and just seen them get absolutely spanked. And to be honest, I could just see, not spanked, but I, I couldn't really see a win like happening. And yeah, they went one nil down early doors for a, like the the worst own goal you will see in your life. Like it's just the centre back played it back to the goalkeeper. Goalkeeper went for a big kick and just completely missed the ball, bobbled over his foot, went in. Just classic Charlton, really. Yeah, exactly what you expect. And but no, to be fair to the boys, they they really pulled it back. Right, they were they, they dug deep. They probably weren't the better team on the day, but yeah, they got one all and in last minute. I think it was Patrick Burr, the centre-back of all people, stormed in for an absolute tap-in, but it was a great goal. Well, he ruined game, the sorry. documentary. And like, the atmosphere. The <laughs> sun lives in our dark. <laughs> yeah. I think that made it better. It made it better. Yeah. They, they got through the whole season. It was a tough watch, especially, yeah, no one was coming. And yeah, even as a Charlton fan, it was, I found it quite tough to watch that documentary. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'll never say... Charlton had the best fans going or anything, but they were on form that day. Like they, we were like, yeah. it was proper loud. And to be fair, Sunderland are like, no, I know it's so far away for Sunderland fans to get to Wembley, but they, they like they filled up their stand. Yeah, Charlton like massively outstanding Sunderland. It was just a yeah, great I day. Can imagine that day was out. a great day. Yeah, and so was, was that to go up to the championship? Yeah, we went down next season. Yeah, and ah, here we standard. are. Nearly went up this season. Um... <laughs> so anyway, yeah, my two other yeah, so Charlie, what are you what are you thinking? I need to stop saying uh, what are you saying. Can't lie, boys. I've gone for three honourable mentions again. Um, oh, controversial. Oh. Yeah, 
apologies. Apologies. I only I, I did have two, but Bartley talking about the playoffs. Um, I'm deciding to slap this on in there. So, my my, my fourth um, honourable mention, 2009 Mill Scunthorpe at Wembley, uh, League One playoff final. Um, we ended up losing the game three two to him, but um, Gary Alexander scored the best goal you'll ever see at New Wembley. Yeah, absolute screamer from a throw in, took it on his chest like just in front of the halfway line, hit it on the half volley from about 45 yards, top corner, absolute screamer. But being a Millwall fan, I've been to Wembley about six times for playoffs now. So they do get a bit boring, but that was the first one. Um, but yeah, that's my first one, just because day out, great day out at Wembley, good game, 3-2. Um, I'm one of the greatest goals ever at Wembley, so can't go wrong. Um, the next one, Again, another loss, um, but Bartley, Brandon, you two will remember this. Um, I've gone for Bromley Dartford in the FA Cup I'm first round in 2014. Game. Probably the first, it was Bromley was still in the Conference South at the time, and it's against Dartford, local rivals, and it's the first time I'd seen Hayes Lane sold out. Um, there was flares going off, it was absolutely packed. It was an, one of the best atmospheres I've seen at a game. Um, and it, there was what was was a sold out Hayes Lane, maybe three thousand, four thousand. So it, 5, it was um, yeah, five thousand, five thousand. So yeah, that was uh, that 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 was a pretty special game. Um, it was proper back, backwards and forwards against the against Dartford, who were a league above at the time. And yeah, um, they scored fairly late on to win it four three. So that was oh, kind of gutting, but it was a great game. So yeah, that's in there. So my last honourable mention. Not long ago, a uh, couple of years ago in the FA Cup, 2019, Mill Everton at the Den. Um, one Mill beat him 3-2 in an absolute classic. Uh, we scored the winner in the 94th minute against Premier League Everton. They played a full team as well. Richarlison was playing. Um, they had Sigurdsson playing. It, it, it was a strong team. They played Pickford was in goal. And uh, yeah, we scored in the 94th minute. Might have been a handball, but you know. Potentially. No VAR, no VAR at the time, so we move. Um, goal's a goal. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure I've ever, ever celebrated a goal like that against yeah. Premier League opposition. Um, 94th minute winner. I that that was class as well. Uh, yeah, I can imagine. Wrong. All honourable mentions were very justified, I think. So I'll just finish with my ones, and I'm actually keeping to the rules. So I'm actually doing two honourable mentions. My first Apologies, one. Lads. My first one was. In fact, an FA Cup semi-final of Crystal Palace v Watford. So both London teams. What I will say is just honestly, it's the best atmosphere I've ever been in. Palace, Palace, Watford, 2-1, Connor Wickham scoring the winner. Honestly, it's the celebrations that leading up to it, walking up. Wembley way it there was nothing like it the feeling in the air as well I was very close to putting the actual FA Cup final where they lost 2-1 to Man United because when Jason Punchin scored that feeling like I lost feeling in my legs it was it was mental because like I'd never been to a game of that magnitude and probably still haven't although talking about the FA Cup final we just wanted to mention how great it is fans being back in the stadium and how electric it felt when Tielemans goal went in against Chelsea who have lost two finals in a row now I would just like to point that out how electric it was to hear the fans screaming and shouting when Tielemans goal went in and then even better when the Chelsea fans were screaming and shouting when the Chelsea goal went in then got ruled out for um, offside by VAR moment of the game that 
Yeah, yeah. moment of the season. Yeah. Well must feel uh, like yeah. Yeah, I do. I, I 100% agree with that, Kian. As well. it was great to uh, to see the fans back. Almost brought a tear to the eye, if I'm honest. Yeah. Seeing the the celebrations after the Tienemans goal was um, it was great, and it just made me just think, oh, I, I cannot wait to get to a game. Hopefully, 100%. Bromley do make. Hopefully, Bromley do make the playoffs, Brandon, and we can uh, get down to the semi-finals and the final. Hundred percent. Yeah. And then for my so obviously for that one it was amazing FA Cup semi final, and then on to my second honourable mention. Now no one's going to know this game, but in 2010 FA Cup went to Upton Park. I'm pretty sure this may be my first second Arsenal game, and so we go up with one of my dad's clients. He gets us tickets to watch West Ham Arsenal. Um, Arsenal go one nil down just before half time, and then two late goals sees Arsenal win at Upton Park. Again, I can I was young, so I can't remember too much of it, but I, I remember the atmosphere being amazing. Arsenal wearing their white strip. Eduardo scores. Ramsey scores. I think one of them had just come back from their leg leg breaking injury, and that was just amazing because. I was actually getting to feel an atmosphere, which, I mean, sometimes the Emirates, you can't feel an atmosphere. And maybe one time I was singing at the Emirates and the little girl with her colouring book turned around and told me to shush. But, I mean, that's by the by. I mean, the normal circum... It's what happens at football matches, I guess. It's about but, as Arsenal as it gets that. Yeah. But um, I just think that that kind of... It really, it just sticks in my mind and sticks in my mind as a memorable game, even if maybe it wasn't too important to the grand scheme of things. But all right. And so we get on to the part you've all been waiting for, the best games that we have all watched live. So lads, what are we saying? So as well as being a Bromley fan, Arsenal has been in my life through like generations, but because their season ticket prices are like, God knows, £2,000 or whatever. Bromley have taken over my life for like the last 10, 15 years. But I did go to the 2014 FA Cup final when um, oh. Arsenal beat Hull. Yeah. And obviously... Oh, game. Yeah, we had... We had that was my favourite game. Oh, so, oh, yeah. oh, yeah, I remember. Never. Oh, sorry. Never mind, live. Yeah. Oh, no. I I'm somehow managed to get tickets, me and my dad and my brother. Oh, when that Ramsey goal went in. Mate. And that, it, it's and like, that Santa it was like the worst... It was the worst day of my life, but then it was the best day of my life because yeah. in the first 12 minutes when, was it Curtis Davis and someone else scored? 2 nil down. yeah. And then, but yeah, yeah it was obviously huge. 14 years without a trophy. I think it was. It had, Bur- it had Birmingham yeah. written all over it again, didn't it? It was, I went to the Birmingham one as well. That was, oh, what was that, 2011? Oh. Mate, that was a nightmare. But yeah, that Arsenal whole game, huge. What, was I think game. Wenger should have, I think Wenger should have left after then, but Oh well. Yeah. Oh well. Then he went. He won another couple of FA Cups or another one. Yeah, at least, he won. Didn't he? Yeah, but yeah, he won two more after that. You, you boys should still be. You, you boys should still be praying <laughs> for Wenger in charge now. I don't know what you're chatting. Yeah, no, we do. Arsenal fans have learned how big a loss Wenger has been. <laughs> so I think I think we've learned our lesson there. But yeah, Matt, what are you saying? Um, I've gone for a game that's already mentioned. Actually, I'm going Bromley Dartford. Just oh, purely because right. the atmosphere was like something I've never really seen before. My dad always used to talk about like going to the game when he, he was younger and like being so cramped that you can't like everyone's standing up, being so cramped, you can't really like move and just like going like absolute limbs when there's a goal. And I'm like, I've never really seen that before, like personally, before, um, yeah, before going to Bromley v Dartford. Every time a goal went in, I feel like 
the atmosphere grew and grew as the game went on. Like, every, yeah, by the third goal, it was absolutely limbs. It was so funny. I remember when, when it went through all, we were all doing the Poznan and they literally went back up the upper end and scored like two. <laughs> and we didn't even see the goal. I remember, we that. I remember and that. And then some guy just turned around and was like, oh shit, they scored. Then we, <laughs> then we went silent. But Poznan yeah, it's like. Stop before it started. We, yeah, running run into like the gate when we scored and getting crushed up against like the gate like, behind the goal. It was just fucking sick. It was like, yeah, definitely the best atmosphere I've ever seen. Yeah, that was it. Was a great game. I can back that hundred um, percent. It was in my mentions. Yeah. So Charlie, class. if that's not your best game, what's your best game? All oh, right, my best game. Um, more. I mean, it was a good game. It was a good game, and the ending was great. But I, it's mainly made it here just because of the occasion. Um, so the game I went for is the twenty thirteen Champions League final at Wembley, um, Bayern Munich Dortmund, the classic. Um, could have been an El Clasico but Barca and Real Madrid lost in the semis um, oh. so I was a bit guided that would have been a Ronaldo Messi right yeah um, so yeah obviously uh, that 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 didn't happen they lost to um, Bayern and Dortmund in the semis respectively um, but yeah what, what a game um, obviously the German equivalent of El Clasico two massive clubs two historic clubs and um, obviously Dortmund fans have the, the yellow ball there are renowned fans all over the world. Uh, so it was great to see them in action at the game. And um, obviously it ended 2-1 with an 89th minute Robin winner. So that was, uh, yeah, it was an incredible game. Great to watch, great experience watching a Champions League final. Um, once in a lifetime experience, to be honest. So and, were you, uh, yeah, was, were you in the yellow wall or where were you sitting? Yeah, where were you sitting? No, we were like next to the yellow wall. So we were... Um, Upper tier, of course, Champions League final. We're not made of money. Um, upper tier. And then the yellow wall was like on our left behind the goal. Um, and then Bayern Munich fans were on the other side of the stadium. So we were like, and like, there was Dortmund fans in with us as well. Were you in like a neutral end? Yeah, it was neutral. Um, yeah, it was like, a, you know, like you can like, they do like raffles and you get, you can win tickets. Oh, yeah. It, it, it was like, a, it was like one of them. Um but yeah, we were next to the Dortmund fans and there were some Dortmund fans in with us. So we were like supporting Dortmund and uh, it went 1-0 Bayern and then Dortmund equalised. And I remember um, it was a penalty and it was when Dortmund equalised, it was incredible, the, the celebrations. And then they scored again. Um, Lewandowski scored a volley from about 35 yards. It was an absolute screamer, but it got ruled out for handball. He like handballed oh. it when he controlled it. And uh, yeah, that was a bit devastating. But then, yeah, Robin scored the 89th minute winner, and it, it was just absolute limbs in the Bayern end. And it was, it was, I can um, imagine it was incredible. It was incredible. Yeah, yeah that sounds big. fantastic. I reckon just going to a Champions League final as well. Yeah, yeah. It's mad. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, it was, it, it was, it, yeah, it's genuinely saying I'll never forget it was an unreal day that, um, yeah, class 100, 100%. My, my favorite game that I've ever got gone to watch was 1st of January 2017 Arsenal v Crystal Palace and at that game Giroud scored the goal that he won the Puskas for the oh, yes. back hill scorpion oh, kick goal oh yeah and oh, that's more or less well to be honest so that New Year's was one of the first time I had ever drunk and so I was hanging out my literally out my asshole. 
happens. I was really trying not to go to the toilet or anything. I didn't want to miss the game because I'd gone with my brother as well, who was a Crystal Palace fan. Obviously, I'm an Arsenal fan, big rivalry there. And just to watch that Giroud goal, because it had gone up the other end of the pitch, we were watching it. And so it was the far end goal from us. We were watching it. And then literally Sanchez puts in the cross and Giroud scores it, goes off the ball. Me and my brother just look at each other like, what the fuck? That was one of the greatest goals I've ever seen. And obviously it won the Puskas Award, but just the technique. And it looked like when Giroud was going, he was running in slow motion because he's not the quickest of players. But honestly, just watching that, and it's one of the first times I've heard the Emirates actually erupt. And so I just thought that was amazing. And Arsenal won. Again, for me personally, great day. And I think it was just the fact that a lot of people remember that goal. And I can say that I was there at that point. And so that's why I've put it there. Yeah, yeah. it's a very famous goal, isn't it? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, that was a class goal. But yeah, so lads, whose verdict are we choosing for the best game? Matt, I'll let you have the first vote because obviously as great as Bromley are, I'm not sure how many of our viewers will know their team for the scenario. What was yours again, Brandon? Oh, the, the uh, FA Cup final. Yeah. Ooh. yeah. I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Charlie's game actually, just because... It's, a little, it's an international game. I feel like that's the biggest game out of the three. Like the, the most high stakes. So I'm going to Charlie's. Cheers, Fair bro. play. <laughs> Fair play. Um, obviously, you can go for your own, but we'll give it over to our guest, Brandon. Who are you saying? I'm going to say Charlie's as well, just because it's Bayern Dortmund. And then like Fair play. Being, being with like the Dortmund fans and the Bayern fans and yeah, Champions League final as well, biggest stage. Charlie's yeah, I game. mean... I personally would probably go with the Arsenal whole game because, as I said, best game I've watched live. But I am willing to concede to that Champions League final because, as we keep saying, the the literally the aura around it, just everything about it was just... Well, and it was a great game as well, which always helps. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to have a foreign team in there. Next section. All right. So, lads, there you go. Our team going into this week's scenarios is the Bayern Munich Champions League winning team of 2013. And we'll see you there. So here we are. The moment you've all been waiting for this week's scenarios. And again, I constantly give a shout out to these listeners. But the people with the brains as big as squirrels. I will remind you what this week's scenarios are. And this is delving into the world of Hollywood, where we'll be putting the players from this Bayern Munich team that won the Champions League into certain categories of who we believe they would emulate in Hollywood. So, lads, without further ado, I'll name the Bayern Munich team that we will be putting into categories. So it obviously starts off with Manuel Neuer, Philip Lahm, Jerome Boateng, Dante, David Alaba, Javi Martinez, Schweinsteiger, Ian Robin, Thomas Muller, Frank Ribéry and Mandzukic. Out of all of that team, who is most likely to be a failed actor? Well, this is a tough one. This is a tough one. One, one person I would be going for straight away, it's just because he's absolutely atrocious banter, would be Thomas Muller. <laughs> he's quite oh, funny. I feel like, yeah, I, I, like I feel like it. Thomas Muller... Thomas Muller's taking up the Harry Maguire role here. I quite like Levin Goldskin. Like You're a... telling me Levin Goldskin. No, but like, you know what I mean? Like it's terrible banter, but it's that type of banter that people would just like find like 
like people would like it. Like they'd actually yeah. like Miller. I, don't, I, don't, I think, he, I think he'd go far in Hollywood. Yeah. I think he'd go far, Thomas. I reckon failed actor we're kind of seeing is someone who maybe thinks they're better than they are and just aren't really all that. Maybe Mario Mandzukic. Oh, Mandzukic is a gamer. No, I'm not having that. I know for a fact that Bartley loves Mandzukic. He's banged on about him. <laughs> He's an absolute legend. I love him. Um, I was thinking maybe Javi Martinez. Maybe what, like... Javi Martinez. I'm thinking like, Schweinsteiger. Mm. I, I can see him quite... Oh, no, Schweinsteiger. He's tried to do it in other countries and it hasn't really worked out for him, has it? No, mate, no. Schweinsteiger's a legend of the game, though. He's always getting a role. Mate, we need He's to put aside. We need to put aside legends role. of the game, and to be fair, there are other, a lot of We legends. need to take the player as they are. We need to yeah. forget any pre-opinions that we've had of these players. This is an important section where we are cutthroat and ruthless. I do quite like Schweinsteiger. Though. I think he'd be all right. I, 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 I can't lie. I can't, I can't lie. imagine him doing an accent. I'm sorry, Bartley, but I, I, I'm, I'm buying up Manzukic as well here. I Brandon, who are you thinking? I was, I was thinking Manzukic. Manzukic. Bartley is looking Manzukic. pretty unanimous. Any reasoning? Any reasoning behind that? He's just, just like he's just. He thinks he's sick. He does. Yeah, does he? He's I a humble he he's sick. I wouldn't no, say he is. There's a reason. There's a reason why he should think he's sick, though. How Mate, he went off to China. He went off to China. He thinks he's ready there for the big time. You what? What do you mean he's humble? I reckon he's he. Strong. I reckon he would steam in first day, right? He's not be the main breakfast. character. Someone would like, like he'd get like I don't know. Someone would say something to him, and he'd like kick off and think he was like the the, the big bollocks. Like a Tom Cruise. And then yeah, yeah like a yeah. Tom Cruise. I think I think he could be a bit of a knobhead, just a little bit. Like only. Although if, you like, wouldn't really like, say Tom Cruise is a failed Tom actor. Cruise, I mean, he's actor. been in a couple of stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, but that's different. <laughs> Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise. This is Mario yeah. Mandzukic game. So, but also he went off to China, didn't he? So he did. What's that kind of... Because he's he's gone there chasing the bag, thinking he's better than he is, and then he just tries to waltz in to that AC Milan team. Did he waltz in? No, he got injured. But still, we tried to. We never know. Failed. Fell through the door. There you go. So I think it's more or less it's more or less unanimous that we've gone for failed actors, Mario Mandzukic. The second category we have typecast. <laughs> Fucking hell, it's soy check part two. And lads, who are we saying for this one? I think I've got a given for this one. I can see Iron Robin being like the archetypal like Bond villain. Yeah. Yeah, great. Iron Robin. Robin. He's got so a very turning around in the face. chair with his, yeah. with his cat. Broken a white cat. You would maybe put someone for maybe Dr. Evil. Um, Some of the players on that list I would see. Austin Powers. Austin Powers? Yeah. Yeah. Um... I can see quite a few of them being like Doctor Evil's henchmen. I can definitely see Neuer being a henchman. Did that really just yeah. go over his head that easily? By Fucking the way, is hell. he th- is he that dumb? <laughs> Matt, please, Matt, come on now. He's talking about Rebrew, mate. Doctor, e- <laughs> it's a mix of two players. Oh, fuck's sake! Oh, that's him. <laughs> we on, talked man. about it about five minutes ago. <laughs> Better than that. Um, yeah, no. That I is, I, I Miller Miller might play the kind of goofy character. Yeah, Adam Sandler, like a, like a yeah, like an Owen Wilson or something. Yeah, mm. like a light relief. Yeah, he uh, can't. He he has a com- comedy relief. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think anyone's put a bigger shout out there than Robin Bond villain. That is just nailed on. Yeah, I can see that. that bald head. And so, and so <laughs> oh, for typecast actor, we say Iron Robin. Yeah, Robin. Yeah. 100%. Iron Robin is the next Bond villain. 
Yeah. And then on to number three, we have the genre of the stunt man. So this is a man who will put his body in front of everything on the line. He doesn't mind not being the main man, but he's just happy to get stuck in and put his face in danger. I would say maybe Ribery's got a couple of scars, which would warrant him being a stunt man. But then also, (laughs) I would say, also, I would say, or I would say a great stuntman would probably be Philip Lahm, Mr. Reliable. Yeah, he didn't yeah, he didn't get a single yellow card or what uh, was it in Phil- however many seasons? Never got a red card, did he? Philip Lahm's too big. He's too good to be a um a stuntman, I reckon. I'm going Dante all day long. I think Dante's got stuntman written all over him. No way. I'm saying Steiger. I think in Lama Boateng. I can Boateng. get behind Boateng. Centre-backs and, um, centre and stuff, just do what they yeah, want. Like, yeah, centre-backs, they don't care. body in the way. I mean, yeah. I feel like they're, they're <clears throat> just willing to take a ball to their face. No problem to, to, to stop that. That's a pretty good That's a pretty good um, defence as well. Pretty rock-solid centre-half partner. But you would there. say that Philip Lom's probably, he's Mr. Reliable, wasn't he? Yeah, but he's more technical. I, I, he's too good to be a stuntman, Philip Lom. Yeah, that is very true. He doesn't need a helmet. So that yeah, I reckon point. we could we could maybe make an argument for Dante going in there. I think it's, it's got to be between Dante and Boateng. It's either Dante, Boateng or Harry Maguire, I'm not sure. <laughs> and Maguire oh, how stuntman would Harry Maguire be, by the way? Can we just oh, chuck we that need, out? We need to we might as well just rename this pod to Harry Maguire's homage. Right, I tell you what, Brandon, you have the last shout. Who yeah, do you want in the stuntman? Saying... Botang, Dante, or Maguire? Maguire. Can we no. Do oh, yeah, Maguire. Yeah. But yes, I think, I think come on. Be, no, no, no. I think, I think Dante. I think Matt makes a good point about right. um, not needing like a helmet and things. There we there go. We go. There we so go. Dante's nailed in the stuntman. And then we, we have director. Someone will pull the strings. Doesn't really want to be in front of camera, but will take the credit at the end of the day. Now oh, I think it's got to be long. That's got, got to be Lahm or Schweinsteiger all over yeah. it. Lahm or Schweinsteiger yeah. all over it. I would it. say Neuer as well. Yeah. Maybe Neuer. People just boss people around. Neuer's no, at Lahm. the back, tenning people. Lahm. Lahm's the skipper of that team. Germany captain as well. Absolute player. Reliable. People will listen to him. Respected. I, I don't think you can look past Lahm here, to be honest. He's the man. Man for the It's job. very difficult to, isn't it? I mean, I'm all up for having a debate and being controversial, but... I think it's hard to look past a man like Philip Lahm in the director's seat. And you can see him going into management as well, can't you? So, yeah. He's retired okay. now, isn't he? He's well retired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And finally, our final category, we have best actor. So does anyone spring to mind? Brandon, what are you thinking? I don't know. Um, it's tricky with this one. I think maybe a Schweinsteiger. Ooh. Yeah. I think I he may just because he because he's been a rat, he's been lo- to loads of different clubs. Like he he, has. he knows how to he can adapt to places, he can adapt to styles, he can do. Whatever he's also he been in America as well, so he will be used to the Hollywood culture. Oh, he's he? in the Hollywood lifestyle. That's true. He's, yeah. he's, he, he, he's also played plenty of positions. Schweinsteiger used to slot in at centre half, wing back, even yeah. used to play out wide occasionally. So he's versatile. He's a versatile lad. He is, and so that means he can play have his hand at many roles. I reckon yeah. someone else who strikes me, I think David Adamba, Alaba. Another yeah, player. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon um David Alaba, again, a versatile man. He's kind of been solid. I think he's going off to Madrid this year, isn't he? But yeah. he's 
he's a very he's a very strong candidate. I reckon being there since he's young, he knows the game. He knows what it's about. He's been in the industry, hasn't he? And so I reckon he's a very strong shout. Again, our main man Thomas Muller, I feel like he keeps yeah. getting overlooked in a lot wanted, of these categories. I, mm. I did I did want to I did want to pop Thomas Muller in there. I feel like he he he's got that Thomas Muller could definitely be the future Adam Sandler. Just like make a he definitely of, could. Just make a string of films that people absolutely love for no reason, no matter how shit they are. Levin absolutely love them. Yeah, exactly. Lewandowski too. People would be flocking to the cinema <laughs> to see it. Goretzka score loads or something, whatever he said. <laughs> I reckon. Well, there's a Neuer one in it. Manuel Waller or something. I don't know. Yeah. He's made he's made some sort of goalkeeping joke about Neuer. He's got a very suspicious banter. But I reckon. I, I reckon we're either. It's a toss up between David Alaba, Schweinsteiger, and Muller. I don't, I, I don't fancy good David Alaba personally. I reckon Alaba. I, I reckon Alaba. Oh. Once I again, like Brandon, it's up to you. Choose Alaba. It seems like it's unanimous. I can't imagine Schweinsteiger will be a good actor, though. He, he seems like wouldn't. I can't imagine. What was your reason for Alaba being a good actor? He's like been a because he's, he's been in the industry for a while, hasn't he? I like Outrageous. Oh. They've all been in the industry like for a while. smile. Schweinsteiger and Lom both played for Bayern Munich for like their old careers until Schweinsteiger got How does that make him a good actor? That's what you're saying made Alibur a good actor. No, it's not at all. Okay, now I'm getting flashbacks. Like he's got a good banner. <laughs> well, oh, it's outrageous. It's that, I fancy Martinez in. Let's put Javi Martinez yeah. in. So there's yeah, no just to call it all <laughs> over. You know what? Let's, let's fuck all of them off and stick Ribery in. Get him some good feelings back after Kean slagged them off. Oh, God. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I right, fuck it. Bit of a diesel, bit of diesel. Outrageous, though. If, you had, like, if one of them could be like a Truman Show sort of thing where you follow their life, which one would you want to watch? Thomas Muller. I would yeah, say Muller. Yeah. Thomas Muller, definitely. All there right. Do we go? So there we go. The that settled then. it. That settles it. Muller. Bartley. With an What's important that? intervention there up the bar. Go on, son. Cheers, bro. So there we go. <laughs> that that wraps up this week's scenarios. We've got the failed actor as Mario Mandzukic, typecast actor as Iron Robin, the stuntman as the one and only Dante, the director as Philip Lahm, and the best actor because Matt Barley wants to see him in the shower as Thomas Muller. So there we go, lads. Thank you very much once again for this episode. And Brandon, thank you very much for being our world's first guest thank you for on the me. Sons of Pitches podcast. Before you go, before you go, Brandon, do you want to just remind the audience of your podcast name, where they can find it and how they can find you on social media? Yeah, so it's the Division B podcast. Uh, we talk football. We've done already done one series where we talk football and NFL, but we're going straight into NFL Um from next series, which starts early June. And then, yeah, you can find us on Spotify, um, all, all that jazz. And then on Twitter, it's Division Podcast or the Division B Podcast. Amazing stuff. So they're making a very big upgrade and going strictly to NFL. So any of you NFL fans and all our amazing American viewers will be loving that. So lads, without any further ado, thank you all once again for coming along. We'll see you for a very special episode in a couple of days where you'll be getting our live reaction to the England Euros 2020 squad. So make sure you're staying tuned for that. Anyway, lads, thank you once again and goodbye. Lovely. Thank you. Cheers, boys. Cheers.